0: So the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom set out after they had traveled their indirect route for seven days. They had no water for the army or their animals. It's a bad day for to be in the army. It's a bad day. The next verse says, one of the kings says, oh no. How many of you guys have had an oh no moment? Hey, how many of you guys have had an oh no moment this week? Maybe this month? He says, oh no. The Lord has summoned three kings only to hand them over. Only... God's brought us out here so that we could die. And that's not God's plan for us. How many know God has a plan to give us a hope in the future? Never to harm us, always to prosper us. The next verse says, Jehoshaphat said, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord here? Let's inquire of God through him. One of the servants of the king of Israel answered, Hey, Elisha's here. The guy that hung out with Elijah, his name's Elisha, he's in the camp. The next verse is really cool. that's my favorite. It says, "Jehoshaphat affirmed, the Lord's words are with him, so the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went to him. See, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you've been stationed or what you're doing. I don't know who sees you and who doesn't see you, but what, what, what is true is God sees you. and He knows where you're at, and he knows what you're going through, and God knows how to bring honor to His servants. See, here's what's cool, is Elisha wasn't, he wasn't invited on this trip. It wasn't like, hey, let's make sure we got the guy that knows God on this trip. No, no, no. He came as a volunteer. He came as someone to behind the scenes. And it's amazing because some say that Elisha was on this trip so that they could show one of the kings, the evil king, who the true king was. See, if you read on in the next verse, it says, however, Elisha said to the king of Joram, this is a guy he don't like. This is the evil guy. He says, we have nothing in common. Go to the prophets of your father and mother. But the king of Israel replied, No because it is the Lord who has summoned these three kings to hand them over to Moab. And Elisha said this. He responded, As the Lord of hosts lives, I stand before him. If I did not have respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah, I would not look at you. I wouldn't take notice of you. He don't like him. It's safe to say that. I don't want anything to do with him. But Elisha said, Now bring me a musician. And while the musician played, the Lord's hand came upon Elisha then he said see here's what's amazing you see I think a lot of us will have these oh no moments in our life oh no what are we gonna do oh no what's wrong with the kids oh no oh no oh no and see I think a lot of us we resort back to some of our tendencies we resort back to some of the our old ways we let our flesh kind of take over But 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 it's cool because it said it said hey bring me a musician. See Elisha had that opportunity where his flesh could take over. And I think he kind of started to. I think he's like, hey, get away from me. Like, I don't want anything to do with you, no way. Go talk to your mom or something. But but he says, but bring me a musician. And then he said, See, Elisha got his, he got his head right. He got his mind right. See, the New Testament says, renew your mind. Renew your mind. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, what he's doing here is he's renewing his mind. He's getting his heart right between God. Because some say that Elisha was there to show King Joram who the real king was. See, I think every one of us, we stand between somebody and God. And I wonder who it is. What family member are you standing between? What what co-worker is going to need to see God Through you. And is it gonna happen if you resort back to your old ways, if you resort back to the first thing that comes to your mind? You're just gonna say whatever you think you need to say. Because Elisha wasn't gonna have that. He wanted to make sure it was not his words, but it was God's words. And he said, and then he said, Some of us just need to take a minute and then say something. Says this is what the Lord says dig ditch after ditch in this valley. Dig ditch after ditch, for the Lord says, "You will not see wind or rain, but the valley will be filled with water, and you will drink. You, your cattle, and your animals. This is easy in the Lord's sight. He will also hand Moab over to you. And I got kind of an announcement for today. I got kind of a, of a statement to make, because I, I've never been more confident about this is what God wants me to speak than I, than I've ever preached before. I've, I've never been more confident." But this is what God's saying, and this is a statement that we can have for the rest of this year. Is keep digging. Man, keep digging. Dig ditch after ditch. I want you to say it. Say keep digging. Hey, keep digging. It's not over. It's not over. Keep digging. Keep going. Find five people, give them a high five, and tell them to keep digging. Hey, can we give the worship team a round of applause? Aren't they incredible? I feel good today, guys. Do you feel good? Yeah. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Hey, well, my name's Stephen. Um, I'm, I'm Pastor Tom's middle son. Uh, and, and today, uh, well, yesterday, they, they went out of town uh, because they were ministering to the Buell family. Uh, one of our ge- dear, great friends, Jim Buell, passed away uh, last week. And, and Pastor Tom and the church, and, and we just want to let you guys know, here's what's cool, is they get, they were allowed, they, they were able to go and minister to their family because of you guys. And, and, and here's the deal. Where they're at, we're at. Man, they're representing the body. They're representing the church. And I'll tell you what, my dad wanted me to know, I wanted you guys to know how grateful the Buell family was that we allowed them to go and minister to them and how much they appreciated that. So give yourselves a round of applause. It really is an incredible, incredible thing. Today he's preaching in Roseburg, uh, and, and what's the name of the church, uh, Garden Valley Church, he's at the garden this morning, uh, in our, in our south campus, um, he's down there, and he's, he'll be ministering today, so you can go, and and I think they post it up online, and so if you want to see him, but, but I really don't think, uh, we need to, because I think God's gonna do amazing things right here today, I really do, I think last night we had church, and it was good, and, and I think God wants to do even greater things. And, and so I'm just going to dig into it. Um, I, started, I started praying, and, and it's funny because God had been dealing with me about 2016 before I knew I was going to preach today. And, and, and I just started praying for 2016. Hey, we're wrapping up 2015. I feel good about it. It's been, it's been a year. It's been, uh, there's been battles. There's been victories. Um, and I just started praying about 2016. And it's cool because God brought me back to 2015. I am mean, talking with him, and I, I'm getting direction for 2016. What is it going to look like? Where are we going? What am I doing? And he brought me back to 2015. And, and, and if you were here in 2015 at the beginning, we started talking about digging out your wells. And in Genesis, it talks about is the story, the foundation of, that, of those scriptures. It's digging out your well. And they'll throw it up there on the screens because I'm going I'm to kind of walk through it a little bit. But it says, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. I don't know about you guys, but God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you so you're going to sow and you're going to reap and God's going to bless you on top of that anything good in our life is from him the Bible says that every good thing comes from above man so don't get it twisted whatever good happened in your life in 2015 man we give thanks and glory to God for that but it says it says the man began to prosper continued prospering until he became very prosperous and I took that verse I said that's my verse for 2015 Man, I'm going to stand down that verse every day. Man, I'm going to become, I'm going to begin, I'm going to continue until I become. And here's the deal. It's been a long 2015. It's been, because it's easy to begin. It's easy to get started. Man, I tell you what, one of the worst things about going to the gym and being a member at a gym is the new year. You know why? Because it's too easy to begin. Man, that gym gets packed. Man, you go at your normal time, there's nothing. You can't do anything because some guy has some New Year's resolution and he's going to lose 150 pounds in six weeks and he's there hogging the machine and and, and guess what? Three or four months later, back to normal. Nobody else is there. I got the gym to myself again. It's too easy to begin. The hard part is continuing. The hard part is continuing. This This last one day. Mark's one year, uh, in 2015, I said, okay, or no, 2014, I said, all right, I'm going to give my one day's, one day is where we come in, it's once a year, and we give above and beyond our tithes and offering. We give one day of our wages to God, to to do whatever you want with it, we're going to trust you, and watch what he does. And so a lot of people, they'll do this, they'll say, hey, I know what I want to make, I I know what I want my one day's wage to be, so I'm going to give that. So I said, okay. I know how much I want to make, so I'm going to give that on top of my, I'm going to give my tile on top of that, and I said, you know what, he began, he continued until he became, I'm going to continue to do that every month until I see it happen, this last one day marks one year of continuing to do that in my life, he's like, it's awesome, no, it's not, it's terrible, every month, I'm like, hey, I think I'm ready, I think I, I've proven myself, God, where are you at? Where is it at? But continuing is the hard part. Continuing is the hard part. And, and so and it says he began, he, he continued until he, be, he became very prosperous. And then the next verse goes on. and says, for he had possessions of flock and possessions of herd and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envy him. How many know when God blesses you, people are going to be mad at you? It's just how it works. Man, people are going to be mad at you when you live in God life. Man, why? Because we have peace when they have chaos. It's just how it works says the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. And then it says, and Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you're much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells. And this is where God brought me back to. Now I'm beginning to, 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 to think about 2016 and God's bringing me back. And this verse stuck out. It says, Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And God just began dealing with me. Hey, hey 2016, keep digging. Hey, 2015, you started digging out your wells. You started digging out your wells. I, I, anything in my life that wasn't what God had for me, that anything that, that was there that wasn't supposed to be there, I'm going to dig it out and I'm going to get rid of it so that God can begin to flow in my life. And that's what I named 2015 for me. It was Flow. I just want to find my flow. I just want God to begin to flow through me like he's never has before. I want to find, you know, and, and, and we, we can call that, you know, when, when like a football team, like the Seahawks are in the zone. How many know the Seahawks right now are in the zone? They're in their flow. And that's just what I want for my life in every single area. I just want to find that flow. Man, I'm on it. God's blessing everything I touch. Man, I'm moving forward. I'm taking ground. Victories. And so that's why kind of 2015 is going to be flow for my life. I'm going to dig out my well. And I'm like, okay, what, what about 2016? Because here's the deal. Man, I feel like I've found some flow. Man, I feel like just recently, in the last couple of weeks, I begin to notice, hey, there's flow in my life. Hey, it's been, a long, it's been a, a long year, but I'm starting to see flow in my life. All right, God. Hey, I got flow. What's next? Keep digging. Man, keep digging. He dug again. You're not done digging. Whatever God has for you in 2016, whatever God has for you next, you got to keep digging. You got to keep digging. And so that's what I'm going to talk to you. Hey, it's keep digging. It's the announcement I have today. Keep digging. So I went to the Bible, and I started looking up, dig, dug, dug, dig, everything I could about digging. And and here's the deal. There's a lot about digging. Before I get too far, I want you guys to know that God will take you to the beginning so that you have what it takes to get to the end. See, the Bible says that God calls the end at the beginning. So as you're moving forward in your life and God begins to take you back, don't feel like it's a step down. No, it's God trying to get you ready for what's at the end. And some of you guys need to know why, why you're in this again. Hey, why, why am I in this marriage? Why did we start this? Hey, why did I start this business? Hey, why did we even have kids? What, whose crazy idea was that? And God will bring you back to the beginning so that you can see the end. So you can see a clear picture of what God has for you at the end. So I started looking up looking up, digging, because in 2 Kings 3.16, it says, this is what the Lord says, dig ditch after ditch. I found this verse, I found this passage, and I felt, God, this was it. Man, this is what God wants for me. Dig ditch after ditch, dig ditch after ditch. I'm okay, okay, how do you dig a ditch? What does that even look like? And Spurgeon, very well-known preacher, some could say that he was the prince of preachers. I I, I wanted that title. Um, I was actually bummed when I was like, he really got that? Uh, England said that Spurgeon was their greatest gift to Christianity. I'm like, oh my gosh. Spurgeon says that here's a ditch, a trench that y'all can dig. Have a large desire for a blessing. i thought about that. That's really good. How many of you guys want God to bless you? No, how many of you guys want God to bless you? Yeah. Man, we want God to bless us. And that's a trench, that's a a ditch we can all dig. It's just be expectant for God to bless you. How many know that God's promises are yes and amen? So we can expect that God will bless us. See, there's a guy by the name of David uh, Brainerd, okay? He's a missionary. He was a missionary to the Indians. And the story goes like this. that He he left everything that he knew, everything that he loved, he left it and moved to, to be a missionary to these Indians. And it says when we got there, he built this this like tent. And inside these tents they had these wood, these like wood floors that they would put in there so it wasn't like muddy and all that stuff. And, And 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 every single day he'd get to the end of his bed, he'd get on his knees, and he would pray for the Indians. Every single day. When they found his tent and they found his hardwood floor, they looked and there was two indents on the floor where his knees were. And and I said, That's incredible. So I went home, and I, I have hardwood floors. And I, and I kneeled down on my floor, and I got up. There was no indents. And I, and I did it like three more times, nothing. And then I tried like a, like a harder, like a uh, more, uh, nothing. And what it, told, what it shows me is that it took time. See, it took time. Every day, he's praying that God would bless this nation. Every single day, at the end of his life, you want to know how many Indians came to know God? Over a million. Every single day he's in prayer. Every single day he's digging a trench for this people. every single day. And see, here's what's, here's what's terrible, is digging's hard work. Anybody ever dug a hole? Yeah? It's terrible. It's terrible. Your hands hurt, your shoulders hurt, your back throbs. It's no fun your mouth gets all dry because it's like dusty and it's terrible See I asked the, the youth kids this I said hey, how many of you guys have ever had to dig a hole? They're like yeah me. I'm, I'm a digger I said, okay, Ray, keep your hand up if you loved it and only two You know the guys that were like oh this is cool if, if i'm the only one with my hand up i'm the cool guy. So they I said no you don't you hate it. Everybody knows it <laughs> But nobody likes digging it's hard work it takes time. It's physical work. And, and, and here's the deal. Whatever you're doing in life, it's either going to be reps or mileage. Whatever you're doing, it's either going to be time or reps, time or repetition, day after day after day after day after day. Man, it's hard work. Man, in a, 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 Believe in God for a blessing, it takes work on your part. Man, it takes every single day I'm going to believe God for this. Every single day, you know, there's a verse in, in, in Luke, it's Luke 6, 48 through 49, and it says that he is like the man, and, and this is Jesus talking, talking about the guy who, see, he says, the one who seeks me, hears my word, and applies it to his life. He is like the one who, who digs deep until he finds the foundation and builds his house upon the rock. And it says that, uh, go back one built his house upon the foundation on the rock. And when the flood came, the river crashed against that house, and it couldn't shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it and immediately collapsed, and the destruction of that house was great. So you, you want to know how, how another way you can dig a trench in your life? Hear the good word of God and apply it to your life. Man, you hear God's word and you apply it to your life. You hear and you apply. You hear and you work. You hear and you get to work. You get your orders, you go to work. You start digging your trench in your life and believe in God for a blessing. See, and here's the deal. It says he dug deep until he found the foundation, till he hit the rock. See, it's not enough just to dig until you can't dig anymore. No, you got to dig until there's nothing left to be dug up. Man, there can't be anything left. You got to hear that shovel hit that rock. Man, okay, I can't go any farther. And then you set your foundation. You know, when I was a senior in high school, I was on the baseball team. And we had this drill where we had this, uh, like a fence post, and it was dug into the ground. And then we'd throw tires on top of it and stack them up. And it was a hitting drill. And what we do is we'd practice. So There's four or five tires. And first you'd practice hitting down at the bottom tire. And then you'd, and you'd work your way. you just take cuts and cuts and work your way up. Repetition, repetition. And what happens is when your bat hits that tire, it, it make, that tire throws your bat off. Man, it, it causes your bat to, to bounce off. And, and what the drill was is as soon as you made contact, you have to push your hands through so your bat doesn't bounce off. Man, you drive your hands through so your bat, boom, it just sticks. And you work your way up. And what it it taught you was that when when you're in in an actual game situation and you hit the ball, it teaches that your bat, you keep following through as soon as you make contact. That when you make contact, you don't just stop, but you follow through. And, And so I had a great idea. I don't know how many people have been to my parents' house, but they have a very large tire in their backyard. Many people, many kids have ruined their church clothes climbing on this tire. Many kids have fallen off and hurt themselves People, I think parents hate the tire, but as kids, you love the tire. Man, you find uh, black widows in it, and it scares people, and it's just like, what is this? But it's it's huge. It's It's like this tall. And it's just a big old tractor, monster truck tire, whatever it is. And I had this great idea. I talked to my buddy. I said, hey, Casey, I got an idea. What if instead of just one person hitting a tire, we could have five people hitting a tire? We get better faster. Makes us a better team. We win more games. He says, I like it. We asked Coach. He said, love it. If you guys can get over here. I said, we get over here, no problem. Casey's got a truck. No big deal. I asked my parents. They said, yeah, you guys can do whatever you want with it. We're not going to help, though. I said, that's fine. We don't need your help. <laughs> Casey's got a truck. No big deal. He said, my dad said, hey, you might want to ask our neighbor, though, who works at Lampson, who has access to cranes and other machinery, if... For some help, because he might have something that could, you know, pull that tire out once you guys get ready. And I said, yeah, I'll think about it. Casey's got a truck, though. I think we'll be fine. So I go, and I get to digging. Because this is dug deep. It's down there. I mean, there are 20 kids at a time on this thing. It's dug deep. And I'm digging. And I dig, and I dig. And I mean, and dirt's everywhere. And it's like, hey, Steven, you need a water? No, I'm fine. I'm digging right now. Leave me alone. I'm digging, and I'm going, and and I'm sweating, and it's great, and I feel so cool because I'm going to be the the team hero, and I get as far as I think I need to go. I get all the way down, I'm like, this is great, all we're going to do is we're going to roll it up out of this thing, we'll roll it in the back of his truck, Casey's got a truck, we're going to take it there, we're going to win, it's going to be great. And I go to push that sucker out, and it doesn't even move. And (laughs) it did not move, it didn't budge and I dig a little bit more, and I will try again, nothing. See, here's the deal. We dig until we think we've dug enough. We work at stuff until we think we've done enough. Man, there's a picture that I'm sure we've all seen at some point in our lives on social media. I know we're all avid Facebook and Tweeters and, and Instagram, but we've all seen this picture before. And see, I think this describes us today. that The guy on the bottom, he gets so close so close, but it's not enough. Man, I've dug enough. Man, I've gone as far as I need to go. Man, it's never going to happen. And see, I've, I've heard some people say, hey, the guy on the bottom, he's giving up, and the guy on top, he's going to get it. But see, I don't, I, and from my perspective, from my view, I think that's just a before and after. Man, I think that's how we all start. It's easy to begin. It's easy to get a shovel in your hand and take a couple whacks at it. But I think we end up in the bottom picture, this close. Man, God wants amazing, incredible things for your life. Man, God wants to bless you. God wants you to be positioned to win or succeed in every single area of your life. But we got to put the work in. Man, we got to dig. You know why most people don't dig? Because it's dirty. Because it's dirty work. Man, I get, I get all dirty. There's a pastor who says, he says in Proverbs 4, 4, there's a verse, and it says that where, uh, let's throw it up there real quick. I have not memorized, but, you know, just in case you guys don't. Uh, it says, where there are no oxen, the feeding trough is empty. But an abundant harvest comes through the strength of an ox. See, so many people want the strength of an ox in their marriage, or the strength of an ox in their family, or their finances, or their relationships, or their jobs. But nobody wants to take a shovel and dig up what the ox leave behind. See, nobody wants to get a little bit dirty. And one pastor says, no mess, no ministry. No mess, no marriage. No mess, no kids. And one of the things that we have to realize in our job and what God is asking us to do is there's going to be a mess that comes with it. There's going to be a mess that comes with it, but you have to dig, and you got to keep digging. And it's not just one ditch, but it's multiple ditches. And you keep going, not until you think you're done, but until there's nothing left to be done, until you find the foundation to which you set your life upon. Man, you keep digging, you keep going, and you don't give up. I think it's incredible that I have the opportunity to to watch parents and pastors who keep digging. See, I've witnessed firsthand the crap that's been revealed in their life, mainly because I provided some of it, mainly because I had my share in leaving it behind. And it's been amazing to watch parents and pastors who set an example of keep digging, that we don't stop digging because it gets hard. We don't stop digging because it gets dirty. We don't stop digging digging because it hurts. But we keep going until we see what God said come to pass. Man, you don't, don't let what we see affect what God has said. Man, his promises are yes and amen. Man, no word from God will ever fail. That's my favorite verse in the world. No word from God will ever fail. You got to stand on that. Man, you got to keep digging even when it gets tough. See, Elisha tells the kings to start digging wells. He doesn't say, go get water. He doesn't say, hey, what he says is, don't even look for rain and don't look for wind to bring water. He says, you dig. And that's it. See, that's what God's asking us to do. He says, dig, dig, dig. Here's why. Because we have to prepare for what God's about to do. Man, we got to prepare for what God's going to do in our life. Man, you want a big blessing? You need a big move of God in your life? You better better dig a big ditch. You need to Man how big do you want God to bless you How much do you, How far do you want it to go We can't obtain that Which we don't have the capacity to hold You can't obtain What we don't have the capacity to hold Man you gotta keep digging And that's our job And here's what's incredible is like Ryan and Taylor Pregnant Big deal Big deal and you know how they're going to dig a ditch in their life? Is Ryan's going to lay hands on his baby every single day and say, God, I thank you that they're going to marry the right person. God, I thank you that the, that the call on their life is going to be fulfilled. God, that they're going to have the right people in their life. God, I thank you for health. God, above everything else, God, that they're going to come out healthy, happy, blessed, and anointed. Hey, yeah, they're going to start digging a trench in their life. Why? Because they're believing God that God's going to bless that baby. You need a blessing in your marriage? You need God to do something in your marriage? You start praying God's word over your marriage. Hey, God, I thank you that we have peace in our house. God, peace that surpasses understanding. Hey, you need need your kids. God, I thank you that we're going to raise our kids the way that they should go. And when they're older, they're not going to depart from it. God, I thank you that my kids are going to marry the right people. God, I thank you that they have the right friends in their life. Hey, I don't care if you're not going to have church. I'm going to have church up here. Hey, this is for me. I want God to do big things in my life, so I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to get excited about it. I'm not going to let go of it. See, where do you want God to work in your life? What do you need God to do? Man, he's ready to do it. See, I think some people, we, we, some people say, well, it's not about works. It's not about God doesn't judge us by our works. But here's the deal. If we expect God to work in our life, don't you think he expects us to do something? Don't you think he expects us to have a little skin in the game? I mean, just a little bit? Because I think the same people that say it's not about works are the same people that are saying, hey, now, thanks be being a God who now can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask of things. Right now, God is able. God, right now, I need a miracle. God, right now. God, it's still now. I need it right now. I think the same people are saying, "Rod, right now, and God's saying, hey, start digging your ditch right now. Hey, start preparing for what I got for you right now. Hey, get your shovel in your hand right now. See, I gotta, there's a quote that Charles Spurgeon said, and I, and I highlighted it because I had to read it. And, and it's incredible. He says, I want every Christian here to feel that if the Lord is about to bless this church or his church at large, that there must be on the part of every one of us a shouldering of the spade and a going forth to diligent, continuous, persevering service in the name of the master according to his will. You want God to bless you? Pick your shovel up. And you need breakthrough in your marriage? Grab your shovel. Why? Because the same guy that's saying, God, right now I need it. God's saying, pick your shovel up right now. Pick your shovel up right now. And it's funny because I didn't know when. Last night I did it. I didn't know when I was going to do it today. But uh, I went out yesterday and I bought this really nice shovel. Hear that? Sturdy got a good handle and I bought this shovel and I'll get to the counter and the guy says he's an older gentleman, not that that matters, I want to make sure we hear that, he said uh, said, you know the problem with that tool, I said go ahead and tell me, he said somebody's got to get on the other end of it. (laughs) <laughs> that, you, you're you right <laughs> somebody's got to get on the other end of it it's going to take work it's going to take work and it's not enough just to ask God people I, ha- I got faith hey God I-, I have faith guys I'm standing in faith But faith without works is dead. So you say, hey, God, I got faith. And you set your shovel down. I hope you're not needing something right now. (laughs) I hope you can wait a little bit. See, because here's what happened. Faith changes the atmosphere of your life. See, faith will change the atmosphere of your life. And, and, And I've come to terms that in my life personally, I've made it a declaration that everywhere that I go, I know that I have the ability to change the atmosphere. That every room I walk into, the atmosphere must align with me. And I've made it a personal, a personal goal that if I don't like the atmosphere and where I'm at, I'll change it. So you want to hang out with me, we're going to do what I want to do. And it sounds kind of selfish. It does. It does. But I'm not going to let anything get me off track of what, with what God has for my life. See, I'm, I'm digging right now. And, 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 and my friends aren't going to take me and, and take the shovel out of my hands. Because I'm digging until I hear... Because once I know I hear that, I know that I can start building my foundation. I know that I'm not going to be shaken when the wind and the river comes. See, here's what's crazy is the three kings is they're out and they're, and they're on this journey to, to, to go fight in a war. And they get and it's funny because one commentary says says that, that that they took a specific route because in this valley there's a stream, and they've named that stream the stream which never fails. I would take that route too. I need water from my armies. We're going to the stream that never fails. And they get there and it's dry. Hey, uh, <laughs> Where'd you say that stream was? (laughs) My my canteen's empty. The stream's gone. And I wonder how many of us are in a dry season right now. See, I wonder how many of us are are, looking for the thing that never fails us, the one thing that would never fail us, and we get to a certain spot in our life, and it's not there. It's failed us. And I wonder how many of us are, are having faith. Because here's the deal. It's a risk to have faith. It's a risk to start digging in a dry area of your life. See, in, the first, in, the, in Genesis it said, and he sowed in that land. It was a dry land. It was a land in a famine at that moment. He sowed in the land that had no rain, had no water, wasn't fertile. And the Lord blessed him. And he reaped a hundredfold. See, there's a dry season and God's saying, Start digging. I know it doesn't seem like I know it seems like it's the end and there's no hope and, and, and you can't go any further. Get your shovel out. Start digging. Because the thing that was supposed to be there for you, man, it didn't make it. So now we gotta take a risk. And that's what faith is. It's just a risk. But that's what what we teach is that the risk is worth it. Because the reward is so great. The risk is worth it, because the reward is so great. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up here, because for me, you want to know where I dig one trench in my life? It's in my worship. When I begin to praise God, no matter my circumstance, because I think worship changes the atmosphere of my life. And I think when I'm up here on the stage and I'm worshiping, that it not only changes the atmosphere in my life, but it can change the atmosphere in other people's lives. See, there's a risk, but there's a reward with it. And it comes down to changing the atmosphere of your life. See, they said, hey, start digging a ditch and don't look for the rain and don't look for the wind. How many of us have missed a blessing because we're looking for rain or we're looking for wind to bring water in? And it didn't happen the way we wanted, so we didn't receive the blessing. And God's saying, Stop, it's not gonna happen the way you think it is. It's not gonna happen the way you want it to happen. But if you just pick your shovel up and you just start digging, I'll provide the water. I'll fill it. And not only am I gonna fill it, but it's gonna be enough for you, your animals, and all your men. Hey, it's not just gonna be the the, the blessing, isn't just enough. No, it's abundant above and beyond more than you could ever ask or imagine god wants to bless your life god wants to give you more than you could ever imagine but you got to start digging you got to start digging ditch after ditch after ditch i've opened three bank accounts this week and i've i've named them i don't have money to fill them but i'm just digging a trench in my life i'm just digging a ditch for god to fill i'm not going to look for it i'm gonna let god do what he's gonna do I'm not missing out on a blessing Because it doesn't come the way I want it to I refuse to live a life You know what would have happened If they didn't dig trenches You know what would have happened If they didn't dig a ditch God still would have provided He still would have came through But it would have been A momentary refreshment at the most And I refuse to live a life Of momentary refreshing Refreshing I refuse to live a life of a little bit of victory. Just a little bit every now and then. No, I want more than enough. Man, I want enough for my friends. I want enough for my family. I want enough for the people that I come in contact with. I want enough for the people that I'm standing between them and God for. I want enough that I can spread it out so that everybody can have it. Man, I want a big blessing. So I'm going to start digging my ditch. And I'm going to keep digging until God does what he says he's going to do. Come on, stand up on your feet. You want God to bless you? Man, you want God to do something big in your life? You got to start digging. And here's the good part. Our part is we dig. God's part is he fills it. But he says, don't worry. This is an easy thing in the sight of the Lord. That's easy. The thing that you need God to bless you in, easy. You know the big enemy coming your way? I'm going to hand them over to you too. The big things that are coming your way, don't worry about it. I got that covered too. The big enemies in your life, don't worry about it. I'm handing them over to you too. You just got to start digging. You just got to put that shovel in the dirt. And every time the enemy comes and he takes the jab, you take your shovel. And you take another scoop out. And you keep going. And you don't quit. And you don't give up. And you don't stop. God wants to do big things in your life. And there's people here who are in a dry season. They've looked for the thing that wasn't supposed to fail, and it's not there. And God's saying, start digging. My marriage is broken. They want a divorce. Pick your shovel up. Dad, I think I'm gay. Okay? I got my shovel. Hey, the, the bank called. <laughs> They're not giving us any more time. It's okay. Because I'm going to keep digging. And that might be you today. And you might be here. And you might need a, a refreshing from God. You might need a ditch to be filled from God. And God's saying, I'll do exactly what you want. And I'm going to give you everything that you need. I'm going to make sure that you have no needs in your life. But you've got to start digging your trench. You might not be able to dig a deep one. That's okay. Dig a wide one. Man, I can't dig a wide one. That's okay. Dig a long one. I can't, I can't do that. You better just start digging so many tiny holes throughout your soul, so many tiny holes throughout your family, that everywhere you look, you see a little hole for God to fill. You see something that your grandkids are going to come back one day and they're going to say, hey, where did this come from? Oh, that's great, Grandpa. He just dug a little hole for me so that God could fill it. If that's you, we're going to change the atmosphere in our lives. We're going to change our perspective. We're not victims. No, we don't, we don't, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Because the battle's already been won. At the end of the day, we're, we're winners. We've done this. The victory is ours. God says, I'll hand them over to you. So if that's you, what I'm going to do, I'm not going to count. I'm not going to, I just want people to fill the altar right now. If you're looking for God to do something in your life, if you need a blessing from God, if you need something to happen in your marriage, or your finances, or your kids, or your job, or your relationships, if that's you, I want you to come now and fill the altar and begin to worship God. Because worshiping changes the atmosphere in your life. It changes the direction God has for you. you want a blessing, God's going to bless you. He's going to change your life. Come on, the team's going to start worshiping, and we're just going to worship. And and ministry people are going to come, and they're going to pray, and we're going to thank God for the victory because it's ours. It's ours. We win.